I'm going to share with you my approach to content marketing, which most marketers would not recommend. Actually, this will be me reading aloud an email that I sent out on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And initially, this email was just supposed to be, hey, there's a new blog post. It's about actually how to go to a cold storage wallet. It's about crypto. But then as I was sending this out, I thought, actually, maybe I should take a step back and explain to everybody why you get emails from me about topics that may seem somewhat random, somewhat diverse. They all go back to a certain theme. So anyway, I'm just going to read this email to you in case you aren't on my email list. By the way, you can sign up for free. I send maybe one a month and I'll tell you why. But it's at emilybender.com slash email. Just put in your name and your email. That's it. We'll never spam you. I'll never sell your data. I might email you once a month tops. Here was what I wrote in this email and I wasn't sure how it would land. I got some good feedback, which was nice. And you really never know when you hit send, but this one's a little different. So here it goes. This is what the email said. Hey there, Emily here at 9 p.m. on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. At the bottom, there's a new blog post and video that I hope saves you or a friend from the expensive pain a lot of people are feeling right now. Context for this email. Current status. Do you have any mental energy left for your urgent and important quadrant at this point? After this year, after this fall? Me neither. So instead, I'm writing you an email which unintentionally became a letter about my approach to content and marketing. It's an approach most marketers would not recommend. First, a level set about what you can expect in these emails. TLDR, it will be when I have something worth sharing, whenever that is. It will usually be about business, marketing, voice, personal finance, or tech. There is too much content out there. Most of it's poor quality and just noise. In fact, worldwide emails sent and received per day in 2021 were 319.6 billion, which is 4.3% more emails than the previous year, 2020. Emails are set to increase by the same margin this year, hitting 333.2 billion by the end of 2022. Every 24 hours, we publish 500 million tweets. Every day, we create roughly 2.5 quintillion bytes of data. Across all media, blogs, social, podcast, email, I try not to add more unless it's worth your time and mine. That said, especially with this email, I've probably veered too far to the less is more side of communication. Some of you may feel like you missed orientation. I've never been to orientation in 35 years, but I dream of going. And really, that is a lifelong feeling. So here's the deal. This newsletter comes to your inbox whenever I publish a blog post on emilybender.com. Usually, it's just RSS fed title and link and button. Sometimes I'll pop in and add color like this. Why I don't share content on a schedule. It's usually once a month tops. Sometimes it's once a quarter. I no longer do my mini podcast on a set schedule either. It's five minutes about once every one to two weeks. Play the latest episode about vocalics here, link. Many marketers will tell you that consistency in content creation is key. Quote, publish every Tuesday to establish trust by fulfilling expectation. Commit to creating content on a schedule so it drives traffic and brand equity over time. End quote. At first, yes. When you start from zero, you need to give six times for every one ask. But once you're established and have an audience, you can get away with more flexibility, which is great if you actually perform better when given flexibility. Let's be honest about human nature. A variable reward schedule is inherently enticing. If Robert Greene wanted to help you seduce someone, he'd probably suggest more mystique and fewer appearances at the theater. The Art of Seduction is a great read in case you missed it. 
Much like a narcissistic boyfriend, you just can't quit. Let your content excite and entice someone, then ghost them, then reappear and love bomb them, then pass egg insult them, and then repeat the cycle again at inconsistent intervals. Wink. I'm joking, but look for the nugget. I think my as-inspired-as-needed content approach makes for better content, but it only works because I don't respond well to forced structure or rigid timelines. You might. Feeling less pressure and more freedom makes you more creative and less resentful of the work, in my opinion. Others take a more morning pages view and just say, force yourself to write. Know thyself and you'll find what works best for you. So topics you can expect in this email newsletter, I blog and vlog about whatever is interesting or useful. Usually it's business, startup, marketing, tech, psychology, personal finance. I've been writing on emilybinder.com since 2009. Some of you have been on this list since then. Thank you. Some of you are new. Welcome. New post, how to transfer crypto to cold storage, Trezor Model T wallet setup. Second, a note about today's post. I don't normally focus so much on crypto, but it's timely and relates to many of you, whether personally or for your clients. The timeline. I recorded these cold storage videos back in July and published them on my YouTube channel in late October before the FTX disaster. I want to draw your attention to this important excerpt from Coindesk. The spectacular $32 billion collapse of the FTX exchange and its sister trading firm Alameda Research recently once again has crypto's detractors gloating in the headlines. In fact, FTX bears no resemblance to most of what the longtime believers in blockchains and Web3 are trying to build. The failure of FTX was not one of insufficient regulation nor of a corrupted code base, but of human failure, etc. That was the end of the quote from Coindesk. If you have any crypto assets on an exchange that you luckily can still access, for your sake, withdraw everything to cold storage yesterday. If you have clients, friends, family on an exchange, forward them the blog or video below. Even if they snooze on it, at least you'll get credit for trying to help. Here's how to transfer Bitcoin off of an exchange and into self-custody. Read more, click here. And then there's a video embedded at the bottom from YouTube. That is the end of the email. If you are still listening, and I, I'm sorry this has gone over five minutes, but maybe it's a little bit of a special episode. If you're still listening, then you probably got more information from hearing me read that aloud than you would have if you read it, or at least more accurate information as far as the tone, the personality behind it, the, the inflections imply how I mean for you to feel about these sentences and what I'm joking about, or when I'm being self-deprecating, or when there's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. And... You know, on the flip side, as I'm sitting here reading this email aloud, I can't tell you that's a link or the way that this is spaced implies I mean it in this sort of emotional way, whether it's a little bit of a joke or it, it's almost like these mediums do different things. <laughs> this is nothing new. Of course, text-based versus the radio did different things when you had newspapers and simple FM stations always has. And P.S., I've started listening to FM radio again just a little when I'm in the car, and there's something so comforting about it. And this is driveway moments, right? This is why when NPR redid their sonic branding, I think it was two or three years ago, people lost it. They're like, this doesn't sound like my NPR. I've been listening for 20 years in my driveway, crying. I, I don't recognize this. And within two weeks, it's fine. Just like when Gap redid their logo, Tropicana redid their logo. It happens when people redo, whether it's a visual or a sonic logo, and then things are usually fine if it was done well. When you are writing, when you are speaking, these mediums have different ways of inferring information and tone. And I think the key here, the lesson takeaway from all of this is you have to do both. You should do both. 
maybe you're really good on email, but if you listen to this episode, you heard this email come alive and there's something more that you got out of it. That's the point. I suggest try this sometime. If you're writing an email newsletter, even if it's once a quarter, that's fine. You don't have to do this every week. You don't have to do it on a schedule. This is my drum that I am beating. I'm over the schedule unless you're just getting started. Because if you're just getting started, nobody trusts you, knows you, or likes you yet, and you have to give them something that they can rely on in a, in a frequency that they'll actually see it at least half the time, if you're lucky, maybe a quarter of the time. So you do have to do it every Wednesday. At this point, what is this, 13 years in? I don't. I don't have to do it every Wednesday. And you're better off with me not doing it every Wednesday because I might be tired and the content wouldn't be very good on some of those Wednesdays. Many of them, in fact. It's now Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm going to go have the feast in a little bit, but I wanted to hop on here because I felt like reading you this email. I was inspired. That's the point. Do it when you have the energy and you feel inspired. The content will be better. Sign up for my email newsletter, which will never be bombarding your inbox. It's probably quite the opposite. You might not even see it very often, but when you see it, it will be worth your while. It's emilybinder.com slash email. Sign up and you'll hear from me on text as well as voice. Make sure that you are also subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or as an Alexa flash briefing. All the links are at emilybinder.com slash podcast. Talk to you next time.